Welcome to Faith Walking Conversations. In this episode, Omar Calderon and a group of faith workers share a time of meditation and learning about practices that can nurture your soul. This week, they focus on the second principle of listening prayer. We have the mind of Christ. This conversation was originally recorded in June of 2020. We want to remind you that Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.faithwalking.us. Join this conversation. Gonna look twice at you Until I see the Christ in you I'm gonna look twice at you Welcome and thank you for being here. This is our weekly meditation. This time that we we uh, have every week, every every Monday to to do a little bit of a practice, taking a little bit of care of our soul, giving a little bit of silence, cultivating a little bit of silence, and listening, and learning something that is helpful for our souls. That is the, the, the heart of this time together, to somehow find things that are helpful to nurture our souls. And we are in a series of uh, great learning, listening prayer, learning to listen. God through prayer sounds very basic, but uh, as we start thinking about it, there's a lot. There are a lot of things that we wonder and that we like to have more clarification. And and I believe that we learn this through experiencing. We have Omar Calderon from Truth of Life Ministries, who has uh, some somehow been given some of this and has been doing this for. Sometimes teaching and helping and walking with others that they learn to, to listen to God through prayer. That's what he does every day. So thank you, Omar, for sharing with us. So it's your time. I will be your, your tech. Move your your nods. Okay. Welcome, Welcome again. Thank you. Uh, today we are here on our second uh, teaching. Uh, today we're going to be focusing on the fact, the biblical truth that we have the mind of Christ. I just want to remind you of the listening prayer goals that we are trying to share here in this uh, in these four sessions that we're going to have. The first one again, we're seeking to have increased intimacy and growth in love with God. Number two, we want to do an examination of prayer and listening prayer principles in the Bible. Number three, we want to practice that listening prayer. We want to practice listening in our spirit to the voice of the Holy Spirit. When I say practicing listening prayer, I am not talking about an audible voice. I am talking about the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to our spirit. And number four is to experience a fruitful Christian life by obeying God's will. And listening prayer is not a method. It's a relationship and it has a goal which is obedience so to do god's will the things that he calls us to do and develop a prayer journal it is beautiful when i can write down what god is telling me engage in that two-way communication in my prayers and the, and then clearly see what god is saying where god is taking me and then go back and be able to see what god has been doing it's uh it's amazing well 
just to remind you of the schedule, last week uh, we did our first teaching. The focus was the fact that God does it all. That was based on Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 21 to 28. Today, we're focusing on the biblical truth that we have the mind of Christ. So today we're going to see a 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Um, we're going to focus on verses 10 through 16. Then uh, uh, next week we're going to do a spiritual cleansing from God, and that is focused on Psalm 139. In the fourth week, we're going to focus on abiding in Christ, which is based on John chapter 15. As I mentioned before, normally I teach these four principles in a total of 24 hours. Here we're teaching the four principles in a total of 80 minutes. So today, in 20 minutes, we're going to try to get uh, this uh, teaching of First Corinthians chapter 2, we have the mind of Christ. So let me start praying for us. Father, we thank you for the gift of friendship. We thank you for the gift of friendship in the spirit. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us here together with faith walking, Lord, to, to learn more about how to listen to you through our prayers, my Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the gift of uh, partnership in the body of Christ, my Lord. Thank you because you did not design us to walk alone. You did not design us to serve alone. But we see biblically that you always send your disciples in pairs. And you always want the body of Christ to work with each other, my Lord. For you have called us for the same purpose, to give you glory, my Lord. Thank you, Father. And Lord, today we ask you, Father, that you remove from my faith, from our faith, all wisdom of men, and cause our faith to rest in your power. Father, we ask you to fill us with your secret and hidden wisdom, my Lord, as your word says, and lead us, my Lord, to receive what you have for us. Father, I pray that you give us revelation and understanding of your word through your spirit, the Holy Spirit. Father, your word says that when it is necessary for us to speak, the Holy Spirit will put words in us. And today, my Lord, it is necessary for me to speak about your word. So I pray in the name of Jesus, thanking you, because I trust that you will be speaking through us as you bring revelation of your scripture to each one of us. Father, I ask you that you silence our carnal minds. Give us the mind of Christ. And Lord, it is in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. So let me just give you a 20-second review of what we did last week. We focused on, last week we studied our first uh, doctrinal precept called uh, God Does It All. Today we are focusing on our second doctrinal precept, which is we have the mind of Christ. Last week we focused on Ezekiel chapter 36 and Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 where we saw that it's God, the one who works in us, that we may will and act according to his good purpose. And continuing building in that truth that God does it all, today we come to see how God has given us the mind of Christ. And we're going to do that again through 1 Corinthians chapter 2, where Paul does an excellent job in, in building his case, his biblical case, of the, of the biblical truth that God has put his spirit in us 
so we may know his thoughts. And when we're going to read in the Bible, and I believe this is one of those passages in the Bible that bring us to have those aha moments. It's, it's so exciting to see what God has prepared for us to, to do and how he wants to communicate to us and through us. So today we're going to uh, seek to answer questions like, what is the biblical basis or what is the assurance that I can know God's plans? Also, how does God reveal that plan to me? How much of God's plan do I get to know? And why does God want, to, want me to know his plans? We know that the Bible says, um, for I have plans for you, plans to prosper you and to bless you and give you a future and a hope. All that ultimately for the glory of God. And God wants to reveal those plans for us. Um, so let's start. Let's go to our um, slide number seven so we can see 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we're going to start on, on verse, uh, verse 4. It says, this is Paul is speaking, okay? And Paul says, and my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So number one, here we see Paul coming to say, hey, I did not come to give you this great preaching. This is not about this great message that I prepared. This is not about this phenomenal preacher. This is about just the demonstration of the spirit. Notice that we're talking about the spirit with capital S, and that is referring to the spirit of the living God, meaning the Holy Spirit. So Paul says, I came to demonstrate the power of the spirit. And I came doing that, not trying to impress you with human wisdom, because I want your faith to rest in the power of God and not in the, in the wisdom of men. And that, and that is just something that we just pray and we start uh, this teaching. Father, remove from my faith all wisdom of men and cause my faith to rest in your power. One of the things that are very difficult for us Christians is to take out knowledge that we have hosted in the past. And I'm talking about knowledge that is not strictly biblical. So many times we have accepted teaching and knowledge based on traditions, based on religion, sometimes even based on denomination, and not actually based on the Bible, based on the scripture. So it is important that we present ourselves before God, telling him, Father, I pray that you remove from me anything that does not come from wisdom that comes from above. If I have accepted any teaching that is based on pure religion or tradition, I pray that you remove those things so you make a space to bring the power of the Spirit, the true biblical teaching that you, that you want to bring on me. Let's move to, to our next slide. I'm going to jump to verse 7 of the chapter 2 of Corinthians. Here Paul continues saying, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages 
for our glory. Here there are two very big elements that um, scares a lot of believers. The first one, Paul is saying, we are teaching, we're imparting secret and hidden wisdom from God. So we're starting to get into secret and hidden stuff, things that are not obvious, okay? Things that if you want to find them, well, these are things that are secret and, and hidden from God. Now, it also says here that these things that are, that are secret and hidden from God, God himself decreed before the ages for our glory. So now you are getting into our glory. And this is very scary for Christians because it's like, what? I mean, Christianity is about the glory of God. Why do I get to, to, to share here in this glory? Well, we're going to see exactly what Paul uh, means to say. But let me just give you a, a big uh, hint into this truth. The Bible teaches us, I am crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Jesus Christ now lives in me. And the life that I live in this body, I live it by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. So if I am not living anymore, but if Christ is living in me, then I can know that obviously if Christ is living in me, then I get to participate of that glory of Jesus Christ. Now, I am not talking about Omar's glory. I am talking about God's glory in me because God is living in me. It's just like the truth that, that, that the Holy Spirit has been deposited in me. And that is the spirit of the living God. Well, let's keep, uh, let's keep moving. We're going to unpack this uh, as, we, as we keep uh, uh, moving through the chapter. So now let's go to verse 9. Again, please keep in mind that normally I teach this in two hours. So right now we're moving very quickly through 1 Corinthians chapter 2, but I invite you to read it carefully, all of it. Here we're going to go to verse 9, and it says, But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined, or the mind of man imagined, those are the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So again, Paul here is saying, what eye has not seen, what ear has not heard, what the mind of man has not imagined, those are the things that God prepared for those who love him. So here we're talking about those secret and hidden, that secret and hidden wisdom of God. Now, pay attention here, the very end of verse 9. For whom did God prepare these things? These things that are secret and hidden. These things that are not perceived through the senses. Not through the sense of the, of the sight. Not through the sense of hearing. Not through thinking or human wisdom. God has prepared hidden things for those who love him. Not for everybody, but for those who love him. And this brings me back to the first and greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. So loving God as the pinnacle of Christianity. And if I am loving God as God is calling me to love him, then I have access to the things that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no the heart of man imagined. Therefore, these things can only be understood 
by the Spirit, by the Spirit of God, through the Holy Spirit, not through my senses. And one of the things that I invite you as a believer is that if you really have not been living according to the first and greatest commandment, then it is time for me to recognize it, to ask God to forgive me for not have been living according to the one thing that he says, that it is the greatest thing and the greatest calling for all believers. So if I have not been living that way, I need to come and ask God, Father, I confess that I have not been loving you the way that you call me to love you. I ask you that you forgive me, and I ask you that you take me to love you this way. Now, here we're talking about agape love. So basically, Jesus, I mean, Jesus is telling us in the first and greatest commandment, agape, the Lord your God. And that agape is only the love that God can produce, the perfect love. So I do not have it naturally. But because the Holy Spirit living in me, then I can come and ask God, Father, I pray that you cause me to love you with your agape love, the way that you intended for me to love you. And then, Father, I ask you that with that same agape love that you love me in the cross, I pray that you put that agape love in me that I may love myself. And then I pray that you put that same agape love in me so I can love others. So, um, again, the question here is, have I been asking, sorry, have I been loving God the way that the first and greatest commandment called me to love him? If yes, praise the Lord, let's continue doing it. If not, it is time for me to recognize it, repent from that, and ask God to to give me. So I want to take a moment right now to invite those who need to pray that prayer to pray it. Because based on this is that God has everything else in our Christian life. Jesus said from here, from this first and greatest commandment, the whole law and the prophet spring out. So everything else about Christianity comes from this. So I want to take a moment to, to lead people on repentance. If, there is, if this is an area where I need to repent. Father God, I come to you, Lord, recognizing that I have not been living my Christian life according to the first and greatest commandment that you gave me, which is to love you above everything, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my spirit, with all my strength, with all my mind. Father, forgive me for not having loved you that way. And Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you cause me and lead me and teach me to love you the way that you intended for me to love you according to the first and greatest commandment. Father, I understand that you never call me to do anything if you don't give me what I need to do it. So, Father, I ask you that you give me your perfect agape love. Put it in me and teach me and cause me to love you above everything with agape love, according to the first and greatest commandment. Father, I pray also that you put your love in me, your perfect agape love, to love myself. Teach me to love myself. And, Father, I pray that you put in me also your perfect agape love, that love that you used to love me at the cross. And I pray that you, my Lord, cause me to love others as you have loved me 
with that agape love. Thank you, Father. And it is in the name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen. So, well, knowing that God has prepared these things, this secret and hidden wisdom for those who love him, now that I have invited God to come and to put that, to put that perfect love in me so I can love him and he's calling me to, to love him, then I can move to receive the things that he has for me. And so here, a, a quick summary of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 9, is there is a secret and hidden wisdom of God, and that is godly wisdom. Then we cannot perceive godly wisdom with our senses or through our natural person. And God is prepared to share his wisdom with those who love him. So having that uh, understanding, let's move to the second part of, of this chapter. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. Now God says, sorry, Paul, Paul says, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Now notice, Spirit with capital S. Again, the Spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, searches everything, even the depths of God. Now, what are these things that we're talking about? Well, refers to verse 9, as it is written, What no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined, these are the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And God has revealed these things through his spirit, through the Holy Spirit, okay? So we know that God is going to reveal the things through the Holy Spirit. Let's move to verses 11 and 12. Paul continues saying, For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person, which is in him? So basically, nobody knows my thoughts except my spirit. Nobody knows your thought except your spirit. So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Notice, capital S, the Holy Spirit. So nobody knows my thoughts except my Spirit, and nobody knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Now, verse 12, we have received not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit, capital S, who is from God. So we have received the Holy Spirit, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. So this is a beautiful truth. Nobody knows the thoughts of God except the Holy Spirit. But we have received that Holy Spirit who knows the thoughts of God. So we can understand the things that God decides to give us. Okay, the thing that God decides to reveal to us. So, does it mean that the fact that I have the Holy Spirit who knows the thoughts of God, does that mean that I have access to absolutely every thought of God and therefore I know everything that God knows? The answer is no. This clearly says that I have the Holy Spirit who knows the thoughts of God so I can know the things that God chooses to reveal to me. Okay, so this does not make me equal to God, but make me participant of the thoughts of God, of the things that God has 
for me. So, well, based on this, let's just uh, continue uh, moving, moving forward. Let's go to verses 14 to 16. This is a, a very good explanation of uh, what it means to have the Holy Spirit or not have the Holy Spirit and what it means to have the mind of Christ or not have the mind of Christ. So Paul says, the natural person, meaning the non-believer, the natural person is the person who does not have the Spirit of God. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, capital S, so the natural person does not accept the things of the Holy Spirit because they are fully to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by him. For who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So basically, again, Paul is telling us, the person who does not have the spirit of God, all these things about thinking the thoughts of God and knowing the thoughts of God and having revelation from God, these things are ridiculous for that person. This is foolishness to them because all the things of the spirit of God are discerned in the spirit of God. And here it says that the spiritual person is judged by no one. Why? Because the spiritual person is live, lives in the spirit of the Lord. And he says, so who can judge the spirit of the Lord? Nobody. And, and Paul con concludes saying, and therefore here we have the mind of Christ. Now, um, let's jump into our discussion time. But right after that, let me bring you to this uh, summary. Because I know that people here have questions and, uh, and we need uh, understanding. And nothing better than going through those questions and, and getting more understanding as we examine together the scriptures. But here, summary of the second part of Corinthians from chapter 2, verses 10 to, to 16, is that the secret and hidden wisdom of God, talking about the depths of God or the thoughts of God or, the, or God's plans for us, is revealed to us through the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is uniquely qualified to know and share God's wisdom with us. Then godly wisdom is revealed to us freely, not based on our works, but based on or, or because we are mature spiritual person, meaning we are being led by the Holy Spirit. And we have the mind of Christ. We have access to God's secret and hidden wisdom, to those things that God wants to reveal to us. So, Marcos, um, back to you so we can be led in this uh, discussion time. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you, Omar. Okay, well, that's it's there's a lot of, of truths there, and there are a lot of truths. And, and all those are, are good and challenging thoughts. So I, I love to invite us to, to share questions, comments. I'm very aware that the, at least this, let me leave this conversation by, by this truth that we all believe <laughs> that 
if somebody asks, you know, for a show of hands, do you believe that God can speak to us? And, you know, many of us probably going to say yes. But then in conversation and in real life, so when we ask how you discern that, uh, that God is telling you, the difference is big. Most of the conversations with people, might be through coaching, counseling, or, or, or spiritual direction, is usually focused to, I don't have a clue what God is saying. So here we are. This is the, our, your life and my life. Welcome to the club. We believe this, but it's very hard to walk in this. So unmute yourself. Questions? Um, I have Chris. a question. Um, so if the natural person um, can't understand God's truths because he doesn't have the spirit, how, how can that leap happen for him to want to believe? You know, like some people were just sort of born and raised in the faith like I was. Um, but it's hard for me to imagine that if like just a normal person couldn't understand the truths that they wouldn't, like, how do they come to faith? Because I know a lot of people have that story. Okay. So great question. And biblically speaking, the Bible says, and uh, I'm thinking about the, the gospel of John, but I don't know a specific Bible verse. Probably somebody can Google it. But basically, in the gospel of John and in other gospels, we read clearly that it's the Father who draws to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So the Father is drawing us to Jesus. And mm -hmm. And then obviously Jesus said, nobody comes to the Father except through me. But the Father is the one who draws us to Jesus. So the Father is active in bringing us to Jesus. Then bringing us to receiving the Holy Spirit after we are embracing Jesus, after we're inviting Jesus, the Father and the Son. So there is nothing, you know, by grace we are saved, not by works. So there's nothing that nobody can do to achieve or reach God. But God is the one who is pursuing us all along. That's why the, the Bible says, and we know it, that we being his enemies, we being sinners, he, he agape us, he loved us beyond ourselves in order to draw us to him. So does that answer your, your question? Yes, I think so. Just so kind of the, since we're born sort of with that God-sized hole in our heart, that's what draws people to faith, is what you're saying. I'm, I'm saying, as I'm quoting the Bible, I'm saying that is the Father, our uh -huh. Father God, who draws to Him. He's the one who draws us to Jesus. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good. Thank you, Chris, for that. Mm -hmm. You know, Chris, they, they talk in traditional spirituality. I like this. This has been a helpful thought for me. Um, God is God of all truth. God is God of all goodness, of all everything that is good. And God is God of all beauty, right? So there are different ways of revelation. So everything that is truly beautiful in itself somehow becomes a window that God can use. You know, I think it's, uh, forget the name of George MacDonald who, who writes, it is like, you, you mentioned the hole in the heart. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, it's the door in the heart, he says, and, and it only opens from the inside. 
Mm. <laughs> so there's no way, right? But the inside, guess who is inside? And, 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 you know, he, the only one who can open that is God. And it can be revealed through truth, through, through beauty, or through uh, every act of goodness. Yes, God reveals himself. In, in faith walking, we usually talk about this, this space that is the space where we don't know what we don't know. Right? And it's a very humbling for some people, it's a scary space. We don't know that we don't know. We are, but, but if we trust that there is a God who is good, drawing us to himself, inviting us. If, if we believe that this is not against us, but it is for us, that the original relationship was a blessed relationship, not a cursed relationship, right? It's a very different beginning. Actually, even Richard Rohr talks about, it's like we have been given an internal device. It's like a receptor, right? That is able to recognize God. Now, how we respond to it, that's a completely different conversation. Mm. God's revelation, if not, think about it. You know, somebody who is deaf and mute and blind. So that means that he doesn't have access to God because the word of God cannot enter to the senses. These secret things, this revelation, somehow can be revealed from within. And, and that's a mysterious thing. But uh, anyway, just want to add a beautiful love story. What else? Now, actually, I, I have a question for all of us thinking of, of this because it's a beautiful. So, how, how will your life change if? We will actually be able to listen God's direction. What will change in your life? Let's say that this is so, right? Because the Bible puts it that way that we have the mind of Christ and we have access. So what would change in your life? I like to I, I ask that same question, but I say if this is true, what's your next step? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Saul. Well, when I'm when I'm walking in that truth, um, I am able to trust uh, and have faith that God will speak. Um, because so it's very different than I'm striving to try to hear God you know, in a way that he's like far off uh, in, instead of resting in him knowing I have the mind of Christ and um, it, it, he, it's just there for me to receive. There, there's just, a, um, for me, there's a lack of striving there and a peace there. Um, that's not there otherwise. Yeah. There's peace, for sure. There is peace. So it's a beautiful uh, remind, reminder. You know, I imagine how much that peace is some peace that we need in days like seasons like this. I want to read what it may 
wrote, uh, she wrote, I just say that if we heard from God, we wouldn't have any, we wouldn't have many mistakes or issues as well as we wouldn't be working from our own power. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I find it a lot easier to trust God in the big things these days because he's always been faithful to me in the big things like jobs and um, we did infertility for a decade. Um, and so just, it seems like in, in the big things that I know that no matter how hard I work, I can't make it happen. It's a lot easier for me to trust him, but in the smaller things, I just kind of think, oh, I, I got this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't necessarily need help with this. So stuff that I can manage in my own power, I try to manage in my own power until, you know, until it becomes a big thing and then I can turn it over. So for me, it's just, it's going to take practice of trusting God in the small things as well as in the big things. Yes, go ahead. You were going to say something, Omar? No, I mean, I, I was just thinking uh, uh, it's basically the things that we have faith towards. You know, uh, whatever it is, uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Uh, little or big, small or big things, uh, if I don't have faith in God towards this or towards that, um, then uh, I, I may not experience God on on those areas because I'm not willing, you know. Yeah. I am not letting him. I'm not inviting him. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are three things in my mind that I think are helpful or that this conversation kind of stirs up in me. Um, one is uh, what I will say, what, what functional, and I say functional, uh, practical view of God I have. You know, and, and sometimes that is something that I need to address is one of those things that become unconscious, right? It's really hard to be willing to open my heart. It seems that, that this God, I love how you stop and say, would you repent? Would you say, Lord, Lord you know, I, I need to align. I'm going to use some language that is very working kind of language. I want to align with you and I want to agree in something. <laughs> I know that you ask me, you invite me to love you. And I know that I am not doing it very well. Right? So would you, let's, let's have that conversation. I'm going to believe that the love of God is not at stake, that God is a good God. You see how it changes? When, when this view of God that I have functionally, not doctrinally, you know, I can say one thing and leave another. Happens to me often, actually. It's a lack of integrity in my own language. It's not, it's not something that I try to do, that I'm intentional to do. But if my view of God is a God who, has, who doesn't have a, a good plan for me or who is going to punish me or who is, is not seeking wholeness, for me, it's really hard to open my heart. It seems that the basis of this communication with God, to listen, it has is is an open heart. So I kind of turn off my receptor by saying, "Okay, I'm just going to try to listen." It's 
So that, that's one thing, vision, a fun, functional view of God. The second I, I mentioned already is, is this foundational, I believe, uh, certainty for me that the love of God is not at stake. That God, God is not just going to listen to me and as soon as I respond or whatever, you know, I don't do exactly perfectly whatever he is asking me to do, he's going to take his love from me and say, I'm sorry. Marcos, because I have so many experiences. That is the same thing that you were saying, Omar, past knowledge, past mm-hmm. wisdom. I don't know how you call it, but we call it past experiences, right? Past wisdom, I, I think you, you mentioned. And, and, and the third thing is, is, is related with that. If I think that I know, if, if I am too certain that I know all that needs to be known about God, it's going to be really hard for me to open and to listen to something different. I always think in the times of Jesus, if, if I would not have been more, more like the Pharisees who didn't see him, I wish I would be the one who actually followed and recognized Jesus. But you know, these guys were very, very certain they were serving God. You know, they were so square in a way. There's no judgment in my words, but they were so certain that they knew everything that needed to be known, that they missed who Jesus was. And that is a a sense of knowledge, you know. Corinthians also, Paul talks about wisdom of men and wisdom of of God, right? And how, so that that is the third point that you mentioned, Omar, uh, how I need to kind of surrender. That's a word for me my own wisdom, my previous experiences, the, the, the things that I think that I know, that I know. And how I do that, trusting that God actually is going to lead me to all truth. Well, the voice of Jesus resonates there, right? Anybody else? Comments, questions, experiences? The only thing that I invite people to do is to scrutinize scripture, scrutinize this passage, see what it says, read it, reread it, ask God to give you understanding. I think it's clear, and I believe that at least most Christians understand that I do not get to understand the Bible in my carnal mind nor in my human wisdom. The only way that I get to understand the Word of God is by revelation of and through the Holy Spirit. Um, But God says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So he doesn't say, you will seek me and find me when you seek me. He said, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, when you really truly desire me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, then you're going to have access to this secret and hidden wisdom that I have for you. But again, I, I, I remind you, and that's why we pray for that. I do not have in me what it takes to love God. And a lot of people tell me, but I mean, I cannot ask God to give me love to love him. That wouldn't be love. And I'm thinking, well, if God is love, that is love. <laughs> If God is love and if he defines himself as love, then I have to ask him to give me his love so I can love him 
the way he wants me to love him. And that agape worth, that agape love, it only comes from God. So, um, and this is beautiful because that is exactly the relationship that God wants us to have with him. Since day number one, I told you, listening prayer is not a method. It's a relationship. If I want to listen from the Lord, I have to be in relationship with the Lord. And I have to be in that love relationship with the Lord based on the first and greatest commandment. Unfortunately, we as Christians, we go after so many things, after so many programs, after what I call Christian activism. I'm involved in my church. I am doing this. I am doing that. I'm attending the Bible study. I am serving. And the first and greatest commandment may not be present because I am doing all the things under the spirit of religion and not under the spirit of the living God that calls me to love him with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. And that, it's, that is only possible as he puts his love in me. He who defines himself as love, I need to ask him what he has so I can love him the way that he wants me to love him. Um, and the, from here, all the law and the prophets springs up, Jesus said, and that is true. So just a matter, I just, if, if uh, beyond anything, if I can invite people to do something is ask the Lord to teach you to love him the way he wants you to love him. And I, that's something that I continue asking God. It's not that I have asked God once and then I'm done. You know, I continue telling him more, Father, teach me. Amen. Really, that's at the end of the day. Uh, we cannot <laughs> miss that. You know, we end in that place. Everything becomes that original place when we need him. Time is almost uh, to be up. I want to respect that. And I want to share one more slide, actually. Omar, you, you probably can talk about it. just want to introduce this idea. Um, this is not a college or anything like that. This is not a class. You don't have to. The idea of homework, we use a lot of homework in daily walking. But remember, what we say is uh, it is not knowledge itself that is enough to transform anything. It is the practice. You know, we talk about the circle of information. Okay, well, you can use this. Okay, this is not only information. It's, it's biblical information, but that's something... You have to go to a place of practice. You have to walk with those shoes. Not trying to judge something without that practice is, is also insufficient. Practice, and that brings more reflection. That, you know, it deepens the information and creates new practice. And it is a cycle of learning. So, homework for whoever wants to take it. You, you will get this slide uh, in the we will create this as a podcast and you can download all these notes and you can find it and I can email you that directly to you. But Omar, would you like to tell us what this homework is? Yeah, so um, we have chosen four different devotionals specific from uh, this uh, ministry called First 15. We're not associated with them or anything, but we, you know, specifically these uh, four um, devotional they have are 
100% focus on practicing, listening to what our Father God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit want to tell us. And uh, this is guided prayer, and it's based on the Bible. So I really encourage you to go through them. Uh, do one per day. You know, do them whenever you know that you can have that silent, undistracted time. Just, just do them. And the, one of them is called a constant companion. The other one is what is prayer. The next one is God speaks. And the other one is hearing God's voice. And write down what God tells you. This is, gonna, this is guided prayer. So just go there, click on the link. You're going to see them. You can either listen to it or read it. But uh, um, just do these specific ones because these are focused on what we are learning here on this uh, listening prayer Bible study. That's all. I encourage you to do it just so you can practice. And uh, it's awesome when you put the things to practice and when you experience God. I always tell people, experiment that you may experience. So experiment with the Bible so you may experience God. That's it. Amen. Thank you, Omar. Hopefully, we will see you next week for our third uh, conversation, cleansing, spiritual cleansing. Let me let you go. Speaking over you and over myself, these words, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Thank you. For more information about Faith Walking, visit www.faithwalking.us. We want to remind you that Faith Walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider giving at faithwalking.us slash donate. Thank you for listening. Until I see the Christ in you Till I'm looking through the eyes of love I'm looking through the eyes